Hello and welcome to another episode of Hit or Miss, a baseball podcast hosted by me, Alexandra Aguila, and today we are recording episode number 26, the first Cubs episode of the season. Super exciting. I cannot wait to start. Um, yeah, we have a lot to talk about. We're going to talk about how the first series went against the Brewers. We're going to talk about Dansby Swanson, um, kind of some fan overreactions that we've been seeing um, on Twitter, on social media in the past recent days about this team, um, the Red Series, the short Red Series, and then what to look for slash improve on for the Rangers Series. So we kind of have a lot to talk about. I broke it all down and let's begin. All right, so Cubs baseball officially started on March 30th on a Thursday, 2023. We played our opening day game against the Brewers at home at 120. Beautiful day, and it was a little bit chilly. I unfortunately couldn't be there. I was in New York for Yankees opening day, uh, but um, looked great, looked amazing. Wish I was there. And that first series did not go as planned. That's for sure. I think um, being the first series of the year, getting all of the new acquisitions, new players, we had high expectations going in. And obviously, if you're a fan, you want your team to win and you expect your team to win. But unfortunately, it didn't go that way. So we lost two out of three against the Brewers. We had Friday off, played Saturday, Sunday, and did not go well. So let's let's start off on a high note, though. Let's talk about game one. So game one was pretty good. Marcus Stroman, dominant. We knew that last year he was a pretty good pitcher. Little rocky uh, starts at the end of the season, but he remained pretty dominant. He was probably amongst Keegan Thompson and Justin Steele, one of our better pitchers, and he definitely proved it on opening day. He went six innings, eight strikeouts, only three walks and three hits, current ERA of zero, no earned runs, Pitched, pitched really well. And that's something that I expect to see a lot out of Stroman this year. Um, obviously, he is one of those guys that I do think the pitch clock is going to um, kind of not mess with him, but it's definitely going to be more of an adjustment with him just because he is a guy who does pitch quite faster than others, but he really relies on kind of that prep before each pitch. He talks about the breathing that he does, the way that he has to get in a right mindset before each pitch, and now he's not going to be allowed at that time anymore. So definitely an adjustment for him, but I do think we can start to see um, a lot more of that momentum and a lot more decent starts for him. So really good start by um, Marcus Stroman. And the next game, we did lose. The first game was pretty good, though. Like I said, we shut out 4-0. Um, really no complaints there. Dancy Swanson did amazing in his first game and definitely showed the opposite of what was shown in spring training. So I think a lot of the doubts that people had that, you know, because of the way he was performing in the spring, definitely quiet down during the first season and ongoing right now. So we're going to talk about him a little bit more in depth later, but wanted to really touch on the pitching in this first series because I think that's was a really vital point for the Cubs. So game two, they had Justin Steele taking the mound and he put up the same numbers that he's known for. He put up practically similar numbers to uh, Marcus Stroman on opening day, but he went six innings as well, eight strikeouts, only had one walk, had three hits, current ERA of zero, no earned runs. And that's something that we can expect a lot from Justin Steele. He has a lot of those pitches that 
have really good command. Speed is something that he doesn't purposely excel in, but the command is there and we can see a lot of good stuff for him and I'm really looking forward to see that. I think having those two guys at the top of the rotation really changes a lot because you can rely on them for the first two games. It's just a point of scoring runs against tougher teams. So really good stuff. Um, but unfortunately, we did not win that second game. It was a little bit of a catch-up game. Um, just uh, couldn't really score with runners on scoring position. I think that's really a problem that we've seen so far in recent games, and hopefully we can kind of start to change. You have Nico batting leadoff, which I think is a tremendous move by the Cubs. He gets on base, and then Dansby Swanson is proving that he is literally one of the top 10 shortstops. He has been hitting phenomenally over the past few games. So with Nico on base, Swanson potentially moving him and driving him in, you really rely on those three, four, five guys to kind of pick it up and ultimately drive someone home. And I think having Hap batting third can look really good, um, but then kind of just making sure we see that end of the lineup excel as well talking about wisdom Hosmer Mancini Bellinger making sure that they advance the runners I think is going to be ideal with this Cubs team but honestly not bad performance by any of our pitchers the third game was a little bit shaky Jamison Tyone took the mound for the first time in his Cubs uniform um, for the regular season Jamison Tyone did pretty decent. I think he like maintained a steady start, but it definitely was not what um, we expected or we wanted. You know, a little bit of a rocky start. He didn't show all of his stuff correctly, but hey, I'm not complaining. I think that he did well for the most part, but game three was just a game of runs and a lot of back and forth movement. Ultimately, couldn't secure the win, but um, like I said, scoring when runners are in scoring position is something we do have to focus on and that as well. Um, moving towards the bullpen in those three games, it was a little shaky. We had a little guys, we had some guys who made a really good start. Adwer Auslai coming out of the bullpen is looking nasty. I mean, insane numbers by him. We knew that last year he couldn't really play injury-wise, but this year he is really just picking up where he left off and doing really good. So he's a guy that's going to be coming out of the pen um, for the season as of now, as well as Keegan Thompson, who is looking well as well. He's looking pretty good. He didn't pitch in that. Um, I want to say he didn't pitch in the Brewer series, but he did take the mound on the Red series and did really well. So honestly, nice stuff by them. Other guys that we can see who are kind of filling in that one inning hole, Mark Leiter Jr., um, Rucker, who are looking pretty good in the small sample size that we did have. Uh, but yeah, I think a lot of the talk around our bullpen, because some of those games were costed upon our bullpen, is that we don't have a strong bullpen and someone that we could really relies on, rely on closer-wise, everything like that. But I believe like your bullpen doesn't necessarily bulk up until the second half of the season for some teams you kind of don't get those guys those name guys those big um, popular guys until the second half when the trade deadline during that time because you want to see if you can actually compete right to even get there so I think that we can start to see a more steady ideal Cubs bullpen if our team does well approaching the all-star break 
and that's when we could start see we, we could start to see a more dominant bullpen but for now I don't think it looks too bad um going to talk about a little bit more about that later with the fan overreactions and stuff get into that but we had some ups and downs but honestly it's looked pretty good and the pitching is really something that the Cubs are going to rely on especially the starting pitchers and I think our rotation is looking really well so that's kind of those key things that I took out of the first series um yes it didn't go our way but I do think there were many positives to take out of it now that we've kind of settled down and calmed down and not kind of um, admit that our season is completely over. We still got a lot of games left. Obviously, those series, especially against a division rival, do matter, but um, there's still a lot of baseball left, and I think that there's a lot to take out of this. We don't see the Brewers until next month, I want to say. No. In a while, actually. We don't see the Brewers until July. July, which is crazy. So it's going to be a while. And I think by that time, it's a four-game series, early July. Maybe the story will be different. I hope so. But yeah, so I think there's a lot of good stuff to take away from that series. And um, it wasn't completely horrible. I think the starting pitching was great. Jamison Tyon a little bit off his rocker, but I do think that he can start to get more comfortable. It was his first start. Nerves get to you, but besides that, Justin Steele, Marcus Stroman proved that they are still really dominant pitchers and carrying on that momentum from last season. Uh, Let's move on to the second topic I wanted to talk about, which was Dansby Swanson, the newest Cubs shortstop um, who has definitely settled in nicely in Chicago. He's had 21 at-bats so far. He's 10 for 21, which is really good. He's already turned four double plays with Nico Horner. That middle infield for the Cubs is pure gold. Nico Horner should be winning a gold glove soon. Hopefully, I do think he will, but the rest of that outfield is insane. The infield, you got got gold all over, and he's definitely showing it and a lot of good stuff on the defensive side by Dansby. He's doing what he was brought to the Cubs for, and he's looking really good. So far, he has two RBIs. He's batting 476 with a 1.131 OPS. Really good stuff by him. Honestly, I do think that this is something that can really be super beneficial to the Cubs, especially a guy who gets on base and a guy who's not going to strike out as often as we're seeing right now. He's already improving from last season. We know that last season it was a little bit of a rocky start for Dansby Swanson. Last year in 21 at-bats, he struck out 12 times. This year, he's only struck out three times. So definitely a major improvement that we're seeing by Dansby, and I think that hopefully this can carry out and then start to kind of grow and grow obviously it's going to be really hard to be batting 476 year round but I do think that this is something that um, we need to keep an eye out for and it's not going to be the end of Uh, like I said he's doing really well but on that side the first couple games have already passed pitchers are getting a really good look at him look at him watching film things like that so now you're going to start to see a lot of the pitchers begin to adjust their approach towards Dansby and um, pitching outside, letting him take those walks. He's already walked four times and three of those came in the Red Series. That was recent on Monday and Tuesday. 
He's already been walked a couple of times, so we are going to start to see those pitchers adjust to him, which is unfortunate, but like any baseball player, you're going to learn how to work around that and keep getting on base, but like I said, he's doing really nice, and he is definitely showing that he's comfortable here, which is really nice to see, really refreshing to see. Nico as well has been doing amazing, so those two at the top of this lineup has been really good for the Cubs getting in those early runs that we're now seeing a lot more often. Um, Yeah, good stuff, good stuff by him. That's what I kind of wanted to touch on there. But let's talk about some fan overreactions that we've been seeing worldwide on all social media platforms and kind of address those and kind of share my thoughts on what I think about each one of those. So let's talk about the first one. Kind of already touched on in the beginning, but the quote-unquote statement that our bullpen sucks. Now, I can see where you're getting this from because in the few games that we've played, our bullpen has let up mm, quite a lot of runs. Just a little. Julian Merriweather is a guy who let up a couple of runs. Javier Assad as well. So let's start off with those two guys who have kind of been known, not been known, but who kind of are the center around talk who we need to work around. So Javier Assad has been on the team last year as well, and he played in the WBC. He was a pitcher for Team Mexico, and he did really well. He's had a rough start so far, He, but I do think he does have that potential to get back on track. When pitching against the Brewers in that first start and the only start that he's had so far, he had two strikeouts and two hits. That's pretty well. He put away most of the runners that he faced, but he was already going into the inning with runners on the bases, and he did allow three runs, but I do think that this shouldn't be the end of him. You know, you shouldn't see just the couple innings that he played and then automatically keep him out of your um, ideal baseball roster. You know, I do think that he is a really good pitcher and he's proved that he has really good stuff. Shaky start, but ultimately he did put away a lot of those guys that he faced and he had really good pitches. You know, did he did walk a few batters on four pitches, but at the same time, I think that we're all going to have that one pitcher who just had a little bit of a shaky start, but can get back right on it. And he's pitched in super high pressure situations being on the WBC team. And I think that he could definitely be a guy who could stand out for this team come in the later seasons. Now, looking at Julian Merriweather, who made his first debut with the Cubs, newest acquisition as well, he's kind of in this bullpen for a veteran presence. He's been with in the league for about three years, and his first start, a little bit shaky, um, did let up a lot of runs, did let up quite a few hits, but again... I think he's in there for those one innings for to get you one or two in those high leverage situations because he has been in the league for a longer amount of time. So sometimes it is going to be hard to keep the runners on base and maintain the same score and sometimes it's just going to slip out. So honestly, I think let's give these guys a few more games before we kind of run out our opinions on them. I do think Javier Assad is the most likely one to kind of bounce back and the next time he pitches, he's going to be really dominant. Just a shaky first start. I don't think it's time to worry yet. Like I said, the bullpen doesn't get really good until you make it to the all-star break. 
and then you decide whether we're going to go out and compete or maybe this isn't our year. Hopefully it is this year and hopefully we can get a lot of those good guys, but I think it's definitely different than what we saw last year when we had David Robertson, when we had Michael Givens, uh, Scotty Etfrost, guys who were really good in our bullpen. We had such a good bullpen for a team that didn't make it past the All-Star break. So I think this year it's a little bit more of a different approach, but we still have some really good guys. Michael Fulmer, who pitched really well on that first Ranger series, pretty good. I think he might be the closer given that he pitched both the eighth inning and the ninth inning. So I definitely don't think that we have a really bad bullpen. It's just not as good as we've seen in years past. But I don't think that's something definitely to worry about right now. We have the starting pitchers who are at least going to give us six innings, who are really dominant. I don't think it's something major that we need to worry about right now. So that's what I kind of think about the lo- about the bullpen there. Um, moving on, let's talk about fans saying that Madrigal needs to be out of the lineup. So if you don't know, Nick Madrigal came from the White Sox on this team. He's been battling a little bit of an off and on health relay. He's never really had a full season and he's never really had a permanent spot on this team. He plays third base. He could play other places in the the infield, but he's a smaller guy. He has kind of, I want to compare him to a little bit Addison Russell. Uh, He kind of has... When it's his time to hit, he hits, but he does struggle a lot. He's one for six right now. I just think that he needs to find a stride and get on a hot streak if he wants to be in this lineup regularly because we see that we do have other third baseman, Patrick Wisdom, who's been doing really well as of lately. And honestly, paper to paper, comparing those two guys, you're going to have Wisdom at third base. He's better defensively. A Not by a wide margin, but offensively, he is better by a wide margin. So I think if Madrigal wants to permanently be the third baseman on this team or be in this lineup regularly, he's going to have to show that he can hit and that he's ready to get on that stride because Patrick Wisdom will take his place. So I think that having Madrigal in the lineup sometimes does give you an out, which is unfortunate especially in his placement in the lineup. Usually he's batting 8th, ninth, and you kind of want to see him start to hit and start to become that guy that we brought him here for because he was doing really good on the White Sox. But again, health is something that's been a big issue for him. Hopefully this year, maybe not have a breakout year, but he could start to do better and start to kind of gain momentum to hopefully be a more consistent guy. So that's all I really got to say about that. I mean, sometimes I do agree with that accusation, but at the same time, you got to give them time. You got to give them the reps and that's what it is. But moving on with another one, the Cubs need to figure out the right field situation, which is true. (laughs) With Seiya Suzuki out with an injury from now until probably another month or so, the Cubs don't have a predominant right fielder. Say Suzuki was supposed to be that guy, but with the injury, like I said, hasn't been here. So it's definitely something that you don't want to rush, right? Because you'd rather have healthy Seiya than bring in Seiya as soon as possible and then risk the uh, opportunity for another injury. So right now, there's nobody who is at right field permanently. 
we have guys who could play right field, Trey Mancini being one of them, who could play right field. He could play first base. Sometimes he's DHing. He's not bad at right field, but you would rather have him in other spots. I get it. Miles Masturboni, who made the major league team, who was on the opening day roster, played for Team Italy in the WBC, hasn't done so well so far, defensively and offensively. He's one for 13 right now. He's had six strikeouts. He hasn't really proved much, but on Team Italy, he did do well. So maybe it's, again, one of those guys that you have to just give time, not really on the same Javier Assad situation, but more on the Nick Madrigal situation. Let him get those reps in, give him some time. Maybe he could be a really good piece, but if not, we kind of got to get things moving because I think this inconsistency or this hole in the Cubs lineup has really cost them sometimes. I think Trey Mancini is definitely a guy that you have to keep in the lineup. Um, He's done pretty well. He's gotten some singles. He's advanced the runners, things like that. Patrick Wisdom is also a guy who can now play in the outfield, now learning a little bit more of those positions. Keeping him in the lineup could be good given his recent hot start. So we have options. It's just the fact that we don't have someone there permanently and who is going to be like Seiya. And Seiya can't be replaced. So I think for now, it's just going to have to be like a little bit of a rotation. Everybody takes your turn there at right field. They wanted Miles Masterboni to be that permanent right field guy, but he hasn't really shown up recently. Hopefully he can get on that stride. But yeah, I definitely do agree that this situation has to be figured out because sometimes it does cost a lot of the innings and a lot of the games ultimately. So that's something that has to be figured out, hopefully rather sooner than later, um, because I just don't think the right idea is waiting until Saya comes back. So that's what I think about that. But let's discuss something else. Let's see, what else do we have? Morel should have been called up. That is our next kind of fan overreaction. So Morel, Christopher Morel did not make the opening day roster. He did get his start in AAA Iowa. And this one was kind of shocking. I think shocking and... um. A lot of fans had some opinions about it. Christopher Morrell being on the team for most of the the year last year has now kind of, it's an opposite narrative now. And maybe that's because the Cubs did get a lot more players um, and there were just not enough room for him. Maybe they wanted more veteran guys given that he's younger. But either way, he didn't make the opening day roster. Now, I think that there is still definitely an opportunity and I do think that he will make an appearance on this major league team at some point this year it just isn't now and maybe that's costing them that's what a lot of people got to say he's had a hot start in AAA right now hitting homers he's batting really well now maybe he should have gotten that place instead of Miles Masterboni just because of you know comparing the two but also we got to see that Miles is going against major league pitching, Christopher Morel isn't, you know, in the minor leagues, but maybe he could have been a better option at, uh, in the lineup. Defensively, Christopher Morel, that was not his strong state. He did not play well in the outfield last year. The couple starts that he did have at center field proved that he cannot play there because it really wasn't well, and I think a lot of the time, 
that our defense was bad amongst the outfield, primarily center field, was because of Christopher Morrell. So maybe that isn't the spot for him, but maybe that lineup spot could have gotten switched out. Maybe he could have played third base at some point and then Patrick Wisdom be in the outfield. At least you have both of those guys in the lineup uh, batting. Who knows? But I don't think that this is something permanent that the Cubs are going to have, that he's not going to be on this team. I just think it's going to take some time. Knock on wood, there isn't any super bad injuries. Maybe his time will come. But that's really what I think about that. I do know that a lot of people have different opinions about that. And a lot of people do want him up. But at the same time, I think this team right now is on the point of veteran presence rather than bringing in all the new guys. I think that's for future years to come when PCA is ready, when Brendan Davis is ready, uh, Alan Contra, guys like that. So we'll see. Hopefully he does make his appearance on this team at some point. Now I think that team just doesn't think it's the right time. So that's really that. And that's kind of a few of those overreaction topics or a few of those fan topics that have been going on recently. Moving on to our next thing I want to talk about is the Cubs quote-unquote split Reds series. So the Cubs were supposed to play three games against the Reds in Cincinnati. That last game on Wednesday did get rained out, so postponed. Not going to play it in September, so they did play those two games. That first game, they lost pretty bad. (laughs) Um, Drew Smiley was on the mound for the first time, and he showed some inconsistency. He had only three strikeouts, nine hits, and six earned runs. Not very good. Uh, Drew Smiley did have a little bit of a shaky season last year. Hopefully this year he would get back on it, but so far in that first start, it just didn't seem like it. I'm not saying that that's always going to be the case, but I do think when you have Drew Smiley on the round, you have to make sure that the team gets a lot more runs early on because that's what you're going to rely on. Um, eventually Thompson came out of the pen and shut it down and he did really good for his first time out of the pen this season. He's looking really good. Uh, but yeah, like I said, it's, it's the amount of runs that you have to score per game when certain pitchers are on the mound. A lot of the guys are going to need to step up and start hitting Cody Bellinger, Trey Mancini, Patrick Wisdom, Eric Hosmer are guys who are big sluggers. But you're going to need to get those singles, those doubles, move the runners, keep the game going so we don't get a quick, easy one, two, three inning. So that's really what I took away from game th- game one of that series. And that kind of carried on to our three game losing streak, which was definitely a little bit scary. But then on Tuesday, we picked it up and we won game two. That was Hayden Wesneski's first start. And it was a little bit rough. Hayden Wesneski is a guy, is a younger guy who definitely earned his spot, a well-deserved spot for him in the starting rotation. He was pitching really well in spring training and ultimately got the call up and he's now in the starting rotation, which I think is a really good spot for him. It was a little bit rough on his first start, but like I said, we've seen what he's capable to do, so I'm not too worried about that. He had four strikeouts, six hits, three yard runs, only in four innings, but take time. I think the next time he pitches, which will be probably against the Mariners, he could do really well, so I'm not too worried about that yet. 
Like I said, though, that bullpen is something that you're going to need to rely on as well as your hitting when you have these guys who are making a little bit more of those rough starts. Uh, coming out of the pen, Adbert Alzali shoved, and he did what he could do. Rucker is going to get you that one inning scoreless. Boxberger, who came out of the pen, looked pretty well as well. So uh, we do have those guys in the bullpen who can get you that one inning no runs when there's no runners on base. So it's not too, it's not something that I think fans should worry about right now. Um, as we get deeper into the season, maybe that's something we could kind of discuss, but for now, it's looking pretty good as long as offensively this team can, can compete and keep bringing in those runs, things should be good. Uh, the team also rallied a lot in that game, in the second game. Uh, at most, a lot of the players had three hits and five at-bats. That was about an average in that game. So everybody was looking pretty good, uh, starting to get on those rallies. I think it's really important. I've always been much more of a station-to-station, single-double girl than more than home run. You know, I'd rather take those rallies and those innings than hitters hitting two-run homers per inning, you know. Obviously, home runs are the most effective way to get runs on the board, but I do think when you start to get that momentum and build those at-bats that are more, how do I say, like, adequate, it starts to do better on the team and everybody starts to get into it. Everybody's playing their different part and ultimately moving the runners along, which I think could be more beneficial for a team, but I think game two looked really good and kind of got that momentum kind of starting. Patrick Wisdom also had a really good series. He is a player who could get hot early and fast. Last year, he had, he struggled a lot. The strikeouts have always been kind of his problem, but I do think this year, maybe we could kind of get back to that 2021 stride that he hit multiple homers in multiple games. Definitely showed that this series he had two home runs in a game I think it was so far and well in that red series he had nine at bats he had four hits struck out only once no homers so did have home runs in the Brewer series that's when he hit multiple home runs per game um three RBIs didn't walk batting currently in that series was a 375 with a 400 OPS so like I said he's a player that could definitely get hot fast and could kind of get on that momentum and be more of that power hitting guy he is a slugger so I do expect uh, a lot more power hitting by Patrick Wisdom this year talked about the many different bats that he uses his techniques things like that so I think that could be really beneficial for him so super excited to see how that's going to play out going deeper into the season but yeah I mean ultimately I think that series was kind of good for the Cubs ended it in a good note to kind of get go into the Rangers series, which was going to be definitely a little bit more difficult. But things I got to take away from that is just that winning is fun. Like, let's keep it going. It was really nice and really refreshing to win, to score that many runs. And I think it kind of ignited a new light, a new fire in that Cubs team to just keep it going. So they did have Wednesday and Thursday off because of that postponed game in order to get ready for the Rangers series. So let's, let's talk about how we are this Cubs team could approach that Rangers team who has been doing really good as of lately usually per year I take one or two teams who I get really invested in and who I think could have a good year 
in 2021, it was the, no, 2022, no, what am I saying? 2021, it was the Atlanta Braves, and they did end up winning the World Series. That was pretty cool, but this year, I'm going underdog teams. I'm going Rangers, Twins, Marlins. Maybe I'm taking a little bit of a too high of a jump, but this Rangers team has been looking really good and different. They have the stars, right? They have Marcus Simeon. They have Corey Seager. Also, guys who are really making a name for themselves, Josh Young. So, those are the players that you're going to need to look out for, and especially this bullpen. This bullpen is tough. Runs are better being scored in the beginning of the game, so that's something that the Cubs need to be doing and that they have been doing in the past games before the Rangers series, so hopefully that's something that can keep going because this bullpen doesn't let up a lot of runs. Scoring with running runners in scoring position, I keep saying this, but that's crucial. You can't leave a guy on second or third in the fourth or fifth inning has to be scored so that's something that's really going to be a vital point for this Cubs team um but yeah I do expect the batters to do well against uh lefty pitcher Perez so hoping a lot of righties are in that lineup and I think that this team could do really well guys that you're gonna have to be a little bit be aware of Josh Young who I said is might be a breakout player for this Texas Rangers team, and he could be dangerous. Steele needs to be careful on that curveball down because those are the pitches he likes. So definitely going to be something that we're going to see in the series and how that comes to an approach. But uh, Josh Young could be a problem for this team. So definitely containing him, um, keeping the damage minimal. And yeah, just the defense needs to be good. We do know that the shift is no more... A thing so the Rangers seem to hit a lot of bloopers and a lot of in a lot of areas where maybe last year that would have been a hit so seeing hits where hits were before kind of a tongue twister of a sentence the defense has to be there and subpar and it's definitely something that I'm not worried about because like I said this is a gold glove infield no um doubts about that so that is something that we're going to need to be key on. The Rangers have good defense, so do we. Let's let's play a defense game out there. And then the last thing I have is kind of just touching again to that bottom of that lineup needs to step up. Whether it's Hosmer, whether it's Barnhart or Gomes, someone needs to step up there. Gomes has been on a little bit of a rocky start, uh, but he has to get going, and I think that will really help this flow of this team and ultimately get that bottom of the lineup runs and base hits. That's something that we really need to focus on. So yeah, so I mean, that's really the things that I think the Cubs need to improve for, or look out for, or kind of keep going against this Rangers team who has definitely shown that they're a different team this year. So really looking forward to that series though. It should be fun. Like I said, it's going to be a game of defense ultimately. So looking forward for that. Let's end it out with my hit and miss players of this two game series we can count the red skate or the red series as an actual series so let's start out with my hit player it's going to be Dansby Swanson he has played incredible he has definitely showed a different momentum and a different batter than he was in spring training wasn't so well now look at him 
10 for 21. He is getting on base multiple times, multiple times a game, and he's taking those walks. He's not hacking over there anymore. He's not taking as many swings as for pitchers that are outside that he used to last year. So a definite improvement that we're seeing by him, and I think he definitely belongs here, and he fits in really nicely in Chicago. A missed player that is going to be for me right now is going to be Jan Gomes. Jan Gomes is a veteran backstop. He's been in the league for a while. I have no complaints there. Behind the plate, perfect. I, I don't I don't have any complaints. He's doing well. He's doing his job. Offensively, we need to get the bat going or not. Tucker's going to be in there a lot more of the games than he is. So I think that he has to get going. He has to start um, seeing the ball better, things like that. I don't want to see a lot of pop flies up in the uh, foul territory that we've been seeing. So that's going to be my missed player. But like I said, it's early on. And to make these assumptions early is something that I don't like to do. But hey, this is what I've been seeing so far. And I do think that there's improvements to make. But I'm not mad right now. I think if we can get on a really good stride, things could be different and things could be good for this team. So like I said, I expect this team to do well, but if we are going to do well, we're going to need to win the close games. We're going to need to really show up. The bottom of the lineup is going to need to show up a lot more, and we're going to need to play better. Like I said, we're going to be facing a lot more different teams this year, playing everybody in the league at least once, so winning the games that you could is crucial. These close games are crucial. Winning the games that you were leading in the beginning of the game, crucial. These are the times that this team needs to step up and show out, okay? There's going to be a stretch where we're going to be pacing a lot of hard teams, and that's okay. But if we can score runs in the beginning, we know that our pitching on, you know, on the starting side is stellar, but you're going to have to carry out that defense. You're going to have to do a lot to win the games and that's something that this team really has to focus on and I think a lot of the times when we do win games they're going to be well deserved because they're going to be tough but that's something that I do think this team can ultimately pull out and do this whole season so I'm looking forward to that like I said I think this team could be good it's just a matter of fact winning the games that you have to win which are those close games which are those games that you're leading already so keeping that lead maintaining all of that recipe for success. So that's really it for this episode. Another episode will be released on Thursday, April 13th, when we have our off day. So we're going to be recapping the Rangers series and the Mariners Mariners series and getting ready for the Dodgers, A's, Dodgers again series. Got a long stretch. So Thank you guys again so much for listening to this week's episode and you will hear from me again next week. Goodbye.